0: I'm Colin Reed, and for Project Spurs, here are my three takeaways from the Spurs' win over the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday, January 22nd. My first takeaway is Zion Williamson's debut, and while for the first 36 minutes of the game, it did not look like the game would live up to the hype that was placed on it from the media and from everyone expecting a huge game from Zion after his crazy preseason and the expectations of him being such a highly regarded uh, overall number one pick in the 2019 draft, the start of the fourth quarter lived up to what everyone was expecting as Zion scored four of four three-pointers and 17 points in a row. And this really brought the arena in New Orleans to life. It brought the Pelicans back into the game. They even took a lead for a little bit before Zion had to be checked out due to a minutes restriction. And the Spurs instantly pretty much jumped to a 7-point lead. And, and while the Pelicans cut a little bit into that lead, they never really were in the game after that and the Spurs were able to win 121-117. Uh, to 117. But... Overall, having a player as electric as Zion Williamson in the NBA is good for the whole NBA, including for the Spurs. First of all, when a player like this comes on the scene that draws a lot of interest from from maybe people who are more casual with sports or maybe who only want to watch the biggest superstars, when those eyes get pulled onto the NBA, onto the big national TV games and such, that helps the league make more revenue. And the more revenue that the league makes, the higher the cap goes for the Spurs so they can sign, they'll have more room to sign players as time goes on. So that's one way that a a player like Zion Williamson actually helps the Spurs by being there. But another way that I think that maybe a lot of people don't realize is, you know, when these kind of generational talents, which people are expecting and hoping Zion to be in it. And it looks like as long as he can stay healthy, he, he might live up to that hype. You know, when you have people who, who are really engaged with the sport because of these players, you never know who is a young kid right now who might watch the game and fall in love with basketball because they watch Zion Williamson. And, and that really drives their passion for basketball and, in 15 years, you know, they're this generational talent themselves, and gets drafted by, who knows, maybe the Spurs, and that's the next franchise level player. And it all started because of this love for basketball that was established by watching a player like Zion. And it's really hard to map out exactly how that kind of thing affects the sport when a player like Zion comes in and and draws all this attention and hype. But it really is good for everyone when a player of this magnitude, or what looks to be a player of this magnitude, if he he is able to develop into the player that a lot of people expect him to, and as long as he's able to stay healthy, it's good for all of the NBA. It's good for all 30 teams in some way, shape, or form. And while he's a player and he might terrorize 29 of those teams as a player, I think the benefits to the NBA as a whole outweighs that even for those 29 teams that might be terrorized by him throughout his career. My second takeaway is the Pelicans' three-point shooting. Recently, I've been reading a book called Thinking Basketball by Ben Taylor. And in this book, he goes through different um, like um cognitive biases and cognitive fallacies and such. I'm not great with the, the names of some of these psych- psychology terms, but he goes through kind of how fallacies and thinking are applied to basketball sometimes and one chapter he has in the book is actually dedicated to small sample size and we saw that at play twice tonight actually from the Pelicans three-point shooting at the beginning of the game the Pelicans went 0 for 10 from three now the Pelicans on average are about a 37% three-point shooting team and so if you think 0 for 10 you know that's only a couple missed shots here or there uh, off their normal average. And now all of a sudden they're 0 for 10. Um, well, the Spurs took a 15-point lead early in the game. I think it was somewhere in the second quarter that they got up to that lead. And if the Pelicans, instead of going over 10, went their average number of shots, let's just round it up from 37 uh percent, which would be three point seven out of ten, just round that up to four out of ten. Instead of it being a fifteen point game, it would have been a three point game. And it really looked like the Spurs were running away with this game early. And if the Pelicans would have been able to hit an average amount of these shots, then all of a sudden it would have looked like a closer game. And in fact, they would have had a pretty sizable lead early in the first. Now, the Spurs defense obviously affected this in some degree and they helped you know, kind of hamper the Pelican shooting. But, you know, some of those shots in the first two quarters were open shots that just didn't go in by good shooters. And even though the Spurs did have two three-point shot fouls early on, and maybe even more for the totality of the game, just knowing that there's the shooters that are good shooters, like J.J. Redick, I'm pretty sure missed a couple open threes. But there there were open threes that were missed that if... If just the average amount of these went in, all of a sudden, it's a much closer game early on. But the same thing applies to the beginning of the fourth quarter when Zion went 4-of-4, four four and he um, you know, scores 17 points in a row. Obviously, most of them are from three-point range. Well, Zion, I don't think, is expected or projected to be this knockdown shooter. And, you know, obviously he's willing to take them if he's left open and he can hit them. If he would hit two of four instead, uh, that all of a sudden is 11 points. I don't think the Pelicans come quite as close. And by the time he leaves with his minutes restriction, I think there's a lot less excitement. I think it would be very deflating with... The fans who are getting very into it, let's say, you know, everyone's going crazy, he's left open for three again, he takes a shot and rim just hits the front of the rim and it bounces off and, and now all of a sudden that kind of kills the crowd, especially if the Spurs come down and hit a shot of their own. So this this effect of, you know, small sample size um, especially from three-point shooting for the Pelicans, kind of affected the game in two different ways. First, at the beginning of the game, where the Spurs got a, a fairly big lead because of some very poor three-point shooting by the Pelicans, and then again later in the game, where it kind of went crazy because of honestly unexpected shooting um, in a good way, uh, in a positive way, from Zion Williamson. And that really kind of is an interesting way to look at the game is sometimes one shot here or there can make a huge difference and it can be easy to lose that. My third takeaway from the game is the play of Derek White. When Derek is really playing with confidence and playing to the level that that he was for instance during the playoffs last year he is such a force for the team in terms of just stabilizing the offense, stabilizing the defense, especially when things kind of get hectic for the Spurs. You know, he hit a couple big shots in this game. He had some key deflections. And, you know, it's just he he has this... this it, I've always thought when I've watched him, especially when he's playing well, that he just has this very calming or stabilizing sense about him. And he kind of brings... Um, when the Spurs are kind of going out of control a little bit or when they're kind of maybe rushing or going too fast. He he has this this way of just bringing everything back and and kind of calming everything down. And and I think the word that I think of a lot with him is he steadies the offense. And and he even steadies the defense too with with the way that he can just use his length to get into places and, and... poke the ball out from a defender's or from an offensive player's hands or kind of get into passing lanes and, and disrupt um, passes. He he just has this way of when, when things are kind of starting to get out of hand, he can just get in there and and kind of calm it down. And I think you saw that tonight when, you know, he he had a great start to the second half uh, two or three turnovers, at least just to start the second half. And then when Zion, started playing really well. He he kind of also had a great stretch himself and was able to to again calm the Spurs down and and keep them in it. Honestly, you know, it so many times this season, if you imagine the Spurs had this 15-point lead early on, that a 10-point lead, 12-point lead for most of the second half, now all of a sudden this uh, very hyped rookie comes in, scores 17 points in a row, and the Spurs are down by two. You know, almost all of the season that would have been a loss, right there. And just the effect of someone coming in and just restudying the offense, calming down the defense, and and just kind of getting everything back on track. Of course, Zion leaving the game due to his minutes restriction certainly helps with that. But there's just this sense about Derek White when he's playing well that, that helps the Spurs a lot. Just this ability he has to calm everything down, steady the, the Spurs. And uh, I think that was very key in their win against the Pelicans. And that has been my three takeaways for Project Spurs. I'm Colin Reed.